1: Last week, we explained how evolution protected populations based on their environment. Today, we're once again joined by Dr. Tony Capra, an associate professor of epidemiology and biostatistics at the University of California in San Francisco. He's breaking down how our ancestry is shaping the future of medicine, starting with the history of disease. To say that disease is a product of human evolution is correct, but may not give disease its due credit. In fact, the basis of genetic disease was created before humanity. And even after the rise of humans, we only became vulnerable to disease because certain evolutionary changes created an opening for infection.
0: Our bodies are the result of really hundreds of millions of years of evolution. And so those systems and the relationships between them have been set up and evolved over hundreds of millions of years. And as we have adapted some of those systems, for example, our big fat heads and our upright walking, that's put certain strains on that body plan that you know lead to kind of unique human potential for disease.
1: For example, Capra says that the changes required of a female body to carry a pregnancy and give birth have led to a higher risk of certain conditions.
0: It's a very very delicate balance that you know humans have walked in, and it still leads to many many challenges and you know dangers of pregnancy that's just one example where human specific biology created this potential for new diseases that are less common or are not present at all in other lineages but you know there are tons of examples like this where we have evolved and adapted or even not adapted but just evolved our way to certain traits that lead to or that expose weaknesses in our general body plan or in our physiology
1: and that's not only a human issue the challenge of evolution has always been trying to find ways to protect us from the environment while working within the constraints of our physical bodies since this process has affected our genes over hundreds of thousands of years capra argues that we need to factor it in when tailoring a medical treatment to patients today
0: anything that involves taking someone's genome and trying to better understand their risk for disease or response to a specific treatment really has to consider evolution. Because when we interpret a genome, we are explicitly looking at, I think as I said before, this is an evolutionary document. This is something that was shaped explicitly by the evolutionary process over the last, you know, several thousand years of our species in the sort of most specific way. And so, that's the one place, if we're looking at genomes, we have to think about the ancestry and origins and interactions of the different pieces of the genome that a given individual carries.
1: Though you may not expect it, the same gene can act differently from one person to another, which is why genomic precision medicine must include the evolutionary perspective, because this context is crucial to how the gene is expressed in each person.
0: So for example, like if we look at many rare diseases that are caused by, you know, a single mutation, often it turns out that if we look in diverse populations, we'll find people that have that variant that we think that causes the disease, but they're perfectly fine. And so this is an effect called variable penetrance, where basically the effect of that one genetic variant in one population may lead to a really severe disease. But another population, because they have other compensatory changes in their genome, it may not.
1: Capra says this perspective is needed at all stages of research, not just the ending treatment plan. In order for us to get a true understanding of how a drug or procedure might affect humans, our animal studies need to mimic us as close as possible
0: we really need to understand how the physiology of the mouse is similar and different to us. And In some ways, mice are very, very, very much like us and great models for studying treatments in humans. In other situations, for example, like pregnancy and reproductive traits, they're incredibly different from the way that gestation proceeds, from the way that they signal to their bodies that they are pregnant and then that it is time to deliver. So like just We would have a really hard time generalizing and testing treatments that we propose in human systems in a mouse system. And actually, if you think about the evolutionary history and the life history of different species, that would lead you to certain other organisms that are better models for that trait.
1: After applying this evolutionary perspective, Capra says the next step is to specifically identify a person's race and ancestry, something he believes the medical field is only now starting to figure out
0: what exactly does it mean to be black or white or hispanic what you know these are terms that are not really rooted in biology but there is also then this concept of ancestry that is where different individuals have inherited parts of their genome from individuals that lived in different parts of the world with different environments different challenges and those do shape the way that a given genetic variant or a given drug treatment may affect that individual.
1: Meaning that it's not enough to look at a person's skin color and make a judgment call. By really getting into a person's ancestry, we can help personalize treatments to their specific needs. It will also help physicians understand which medications won't work as well based on their genetics. Capra says there's been a growing appreciation for this perspective, but we're still not where we need to be if the goal is truly personalized medical care.
0: Evolution explains so much of why we are the way we are and why our bodies make certain trade-offs in terms of you know committing certain resources at one time to growing versus committing resources at another time to maintenance to you know why we age and when we age all of these very basic essential factors of our bodies and how they grow and develop were shaped by this evolutionary history and so i think there's great potential for using an understanding of like what those evolutionary challenges and trade-offs that our ancestors faced were, in terms of thinking about where can we intervene, what might be side effects if we do intervene in a given system. And and that's something that I think is really just at the beginning stages.
1: So as the field of genomics grows and DNA sequencing becomes more common, Capra believes this evolutionary perspective will help us understand the effects of the genetic variants we discover.
0: Almost all of the genetic differences that are present in modern human populations. So like if we compared ourselves to one another and looked at all the places that differ, we could trace the history of those specific genetic variants back in time, but they're all actually really recent in evolutionary terms.
1: You can find more information about Dr. Tony Capra and all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. For more behind the scenes, follow Radio Health Journal on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our writer-producer is Kristen Farah. Our production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. I can't be penniless, worried about my life, worrying about my dog getting killed. I can't worry about my job. I have to just put my head down and make this relationship work.
0: The psychology
1: of toxic relationships. Then are energy drinks safe for kids to consume? The problem with caffeine, which is the most common stimulant, is that it has a drug-like effect on the body to give energy. All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. Our kids today are getting messages from the media, from their peers, from their peers, parents, teachers, coaches, to achieve,
0: to achieve, to achieve. With so much pressure, when is there time to enjoy being young? then. The problem is not with the technology, but the planning for end of life. And one of the challenges that we see is 90% of end of life panels end up in landfill.
1: America's growing solar panel problem. I'm Marty Peterson.
0: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.